This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Let's go! Fight week, baby! Great. Drop my pen right when I start. Drop my marker right when I started. Not a hot start for your boy, but guess what? I got hot picks. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. Um, We're here, baby. We're fight week. This is a good little card. It's getting slept on a little bit. I understand why. I mean, it's not like blockbuster, but for an average guy like me, uh, well, above average, I guess, <clears throat> fandom, hardcore fan, uh, I love it. I think the matchups are really good. It's a really hard card to pick, too. Really hard card, hard, uh, hard, 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 hard card to handicap. Um, you know, I'm the best in the business. <laughs> let's, just, let's just get that out of the way. I'm the best there is. Um, and I had a little trouble handicapping this. I've been, um, last week I was on vacation. So I really kind of dug into a lot of these guys, uh, like, you know, studying them. I had a, like basically a week to prepare. Cause last week I was off work and spilled over this week. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident, but I'm not overly confident. Um, so we'll see. I need to rebound after January. And, you know, there's three or four events here in February and I'm looking to fucking win them all. Fucking win them, huh? Uh, yeah, we're gonna jump in. I mean, listen, this is this turned into Brian's eBay hour. I will say this: I I brought this out to my wife. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, she agreed with me. So the Mike Boom arm I'm on. I'm always trying to make my studio perfect. It is absolutely perfect, and right now, except one little thing: this Mike Boom arm. Right? I want to I'm gonna sell it, make some money off it. I found one I really like. I told you the guy from Hungry lowballed me. Um, so anyway, I, I took it off, and then I got an email. For, it was already not listed. An email from another guy. I was like, hey, uh, I was watching the uh, boom arm. You know, I want to buy it or whatever. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And, and, and I relisted it. New pictures. He wanted new pictures. Ended up backing out of it, of course, because that's just what fucking happens. But this is from a German company made in Germany. The one I won. I was debating between this one and an American-made one. And I was so embarrassed that I looked up the other company, OC White. I thought they were from Warren's County, right? I'm not a fan of California, Southern California. Um, I've never been, but I feel like I'd be out of place. So I'm not a fan of it. You know, you're, you're a fan of what you don't know. And I, uh, you know, I, I, I looked up this company and all of a sudden they, you know, they made fucking thing lights for, you know, the whole lights in the for World War One and World War Two. And I'm sitting here contemplating over an American from Massachusetts, by the way, which I have family from heart of Massachusetts, American made that literally went from making lights, which they still do and making poles and, 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 and boom arms or whatever to hold lights, to hold microphones for World War II against the motherfucking Germans, the Nazis and I'm over here contemplating, should I get that one or the German-made one, which is more expensive? Uh, you know, I'm an American-made guy, boys. I uh, I was thinking about that today. I went, huh, son of a biscuit. That's what it is. Um, yeah, so that's, that's just a little funny, little funny thing. And I told my wife that. She didn't laugh at it, but uh, I thought it was kind of funny. I'm sitting here contemplating. American made, German made with a company that literally supplied, you know, I just explained it. I'm trying to explain the joke even more. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're fucking laughing your head off. You're fucking 
hijinks I get myself into, right, boys? Let's get to the motherfucking fights. Enough of this tiptoeing around. Every goddamn fight has been switched around, changed over, canceled, move. You goddamn name it, they've done it. Uh, Tapology still hasn't. Oh, they finally did. Way to go, Tapology. Um, they hadn't moved the um, the last fight to get moved was the um, Marino Macy Chazan fight. Uh, it said we're no test positive for COVID nineteen. They're moving that I think later this month. Odie Osborne was supposed to fight Denez Bender, right? Was that was that that uh, Ukrainian uh, Denez Bonder? Denny's Bonder sounds like a fucking criminal, right? Odie Osborne uh, is now fighting Jerome Miller. That's the first fight of the night. Odie. Odie. That's my dog's name is Otis. We call him Odie. Eight and three. He's a minus 250 favorite. He went from a big underdog to a two to one favorite against Jerome Rivera. Ten and four. Plus 190. I don't mean to laugh at Jerome Rivera. I laughed at him. Listen, this is a guy who's who's eight foot tall fighting at. Uh, I think this is going to be a catchweight fight, but he's fighting at flyweight essentially. This is going to be at 145. Makes sense because Jerome Rivera taking on extremely short notice. Um, he just, listen, maybe this weight will be better for him. I don't like when he gets sucked down like that. He's a big, tall guy. I picked him last time out as a big underdog, and he really disappointed me. Um, I just don't think the skills are there. Now, Odie Osborne's a guy who come from the contender series who I really liked. Um, I thought he was really skilled. You know, He's coming out of Wisconsin. Uh, I don't really know the gym out of Wisconsin. Hopefully he's bounced around a little bit, but uh, I'm not exactly sure about that because there's not like a ton of gyms in Wisconsin. However, um, I, he looked really good on the contender series. One by armbar against a solid dude, and then Brian Kellenher got him in that choke. Uh, Kellenher's a savage. Like, There's no shame in losing a Kellenher established guy, but Odie Osborne, good striking. He's smooth on the feet. He's decent on the ground. Jerome Vera's got a lot of submissions, but he got a lot of submissions against lower competition. Yes, he fought in the LFA. Yes, that's a pretty good promotion, but listen, he's fallen flat a lot uh, to me, and I've taken a shot on him. I've taken fucking chances on him, and he it's backfired in my face. So even though Odie Osborne, a minus 250 favorite, up a little bit of weight class, which I think will benefit Rivera because he is the bigger guy here. Um, but again, Odie doesn't have to cut weight, so I'm sure he's going to like it as well. I'm going to go Odie. I'm going to go Odie Osborne, minus 250. I don't really like the parlays or, excuse me, the props in this right now. I might parlay this. This might be a slime ball parlay. I'm going to do that on Friday night uh, once I observe and absorb. But, um, yeah, I, I like this fight. I like this fight. Betting on this fight. I know Osborne's minus 250. Rivera, again, this could be one of those. He could fucking come out and be the guy, be the spoiler that I've wanted him to be the past two times he's fought. But um, I just think Osborne's a little bit slicker. He's taking some time away. He's not rushing back there even though he got – the loss of Kellenher. I think this is a good matchup for him. I thought the Bonder fight, I was I liked him as an underdog in the Bonder fight. Bonder, good grappler, good wrestler, but uh I liked uh, Odie as an underdog in that. Now he's a favorite. I'm gonna like him do. I'm gonna ride with him. We'll see. I did pick him against Kellenher and it bit me in the ass. So hopefully uh that doesn't happen again. Next fight, Yuzif Salah, 10 and 3. He is a minus 245 favorite, which is absolutely fucking insane because he's taking this fight on short notice. He is fighting Zoom Wu Chu, which I fucking nailed. He's eight and three. He's a plus 194 underdog. I almost want to say that this line is moving. Let me see. Plus 210 now. Plus 210. I literally, boys, 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 literally just wrote the lines down at six. It's 752 right now. Went and got dinner. Ate dinner. 
Now I'm here recording. So almost two hours is since I wrote these lines down. Usually I write them on Monday or Tuesday and kind of, you know, get the paper ready and prep and all that shit. Uh, since the fights have been moving, I had to print a new paper. I literally just wrote it down. And he's already up. He was plus 194 two hours ago. Plus 210. Listen, I'm going dog here, baby. Woo, 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 woo. Choi, this kid's a good striker. This kid, I think, um, I think he's a little underrated. Yes, he's he hasn't had the most wins in the UFC. You know, most of Everlard, solid, undefeated guy. Lost a decision. Gavin Tucker, a fucking beast. Rear naked choke in the third round. Took him to the third round, which I remember that fight was somewhat competitive. I mean, I, I love Gavin Tucker, though. I'm huge on him. Uh, beat Suka, uh, Suma Makartarian, who, again, is, is, is he's 8-1. Solid win, but the him as Zala was supposed to fight back in October. Doesn't happen. Zala taking the fight in short notice. Zala is a guy that a lot of people like. I like Zala. He is coming off a loss against Lirio Topora, who is, is a solid, solid dude. But look at who Zala has fought. Austin Lingo who's average, right? He was undefeated at the time, but he's just going to wrestle you. Jordan Griffin, which I thought was a, a close fight. Again, same thing. Jordan Griffin just wrestled him. Peter Barrett. I mean, Peter Barrett got fucking knee barred by, um, by Chase Cooper. I mean, Sung Chu is a guy who has good striking. Lisa a lot, likes to fancy himself as a striker. Doesn't have the biggest power in the world. He is taking this fight on short notice. He does have good gas tank. Colorado trained guy. Um, once the fight, he was devastated when he lost to Tapora. So it looks like he wants to get back in there. But people are sleeping on Wu Chu. I mean, I think Wu Chu is going to give this fight. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm not over. I understand why the line the way it is, right? Zala is the hotter hand right now. Um, the guy who's had some wins in the UFC. Su Wu Chu, though, has fought some solid dudes in the UFC. Just hasn't got the wins yet. Solid striker. I think the biggest question mark maybe is ground game, right? But I don't see Zala really... I mean, I see him going for takedowns, but I don't really see him doing much with it. I think Wu Chu, who's been training for this, who's going to be full gas tank, ready to go. I see him really working his way to his feet and, and, and keeping this a striking match. I think it's going to go a decision. I think it's going to be very close. I like the dog play here at plus 210 on FanDuel. I like the dog play. I mean, listen, Zalaw's good, but short notice fight against a guy who I think is better than his record shows, at least his UFC record shows. I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, he's fought killers in the UFC, and 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 there's no shame in him losing to that. Plus two ten though. That's I love that plus one ninety four. I want to fucking marry it at plus two ten. Hopefully, it keeps moving. Don't listen to this, sharps. The sharps that are listening to this, that hopefully I'm moving lines, baby. Don't listen to this because Wu Chu. I want him to get the three hundred. Get him the three hundred. Let's go. I like that dog play. I like that dog play a lot. Molly McCann, meatball, baby. 10 and 3. She is a minus 2. Oh, excuse me. Minus 180. I read the wrong line. Minus 180 favorite versus Laura. Oh God, I can't pronounce this name. Procpio. Procpio. Procopo. Procopo. She lost to Carl Rosa in the UFC debut. That was back in uh, August of 19. So we haven't seen her in a little bit. Me, Paul, Molly McCann's as tough as they come. Decent striker. I believe she's coming off a loss. Yeah, Tal Santos beat her in that decision. Tal Santos is a fucking stud, though. She's 15 and 1. Um, before that, Molly McCann had three straight wins in UFC, all decisions. Um, her UFC debut, she got choked out by Jillian Robertson. I think she's improved so much on the ground. Her striking's tough. I want to see her mix it up. In the Tyler Santos fight, I feel like she didn't mix it up enough. Um, I think her wrestling and grappling is 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 going to be pretty good here. I think she can maybe outpower, outmuscle Procopico, and, and, and if that's how you say her fucking name, Laura. And I think she needs to mix everything up. Don't just be a striker. Just don't be like, I'm going to I'm gonna knock her out, right? Mix everything up. Make it ugly. Um, and Molly McCann, a minus 180, I think is a playable fight. I, I don't love betting women's fights. I don't have a good pulse on them. But 
I do like Meatball Molly McCann. I think she's very durable. I think she's tough. She's eager to fight. Um, she's not getting stopped. And, uh, I mean, Proctico is, is going to be a very close fight, in my opinion, if she wins. But I think Molly McCann can take this fight over if she really gets just fucking dirty with it. Let's go Molly McCann for the win. Carla Rosa. Carol? Cara? Carol Rosa, 13-3. and three. She's a uh, minus 235 favorite uh, fighting Jocelyn Edwards. 10-2, and two, plus 186. Underdog, I love me Jocelyn Edwards. Panama, well, I, I don't know how to say that. I said it before and Devin laughed at me like it's a fucking common thing. Uh, this line has not moved. I thought I might move. Um, anyway, Jocelyn Edwards taking this fight on short notice again. Won her UFC debut. Looked really solid in that fight. Good in the clinch. Um, looked strong against John Wu, who, who is a solid, solid fighter. Um, her only... Not only loss, but I mean significant losses to Sarah Alpar, who is in the UFC. And Carol Rose has fought pretty much everyone. Good record, 13 and 3. Um, she's coming off a win over Vosamello. She has a win over Laura Prakico, we just talked about. She's two uh two and oh in the UFC. Who else does she fight? Melissa Gatto tomorrow. Um I thought she I thought she had a, another significant win outside of the UFC. I guess not. Um, yeah, so listen, I'm going to take the dog again. We're, we're loading up the dogs who let the dogs out, baby. Uh, I like, I like, um, I like Jocelyn Edwards in this. I think she's taking a fight on short notice. I think it's a little weird that, um, that they, uh, priced her this way because I think she has a little bit of momentum right now. People are talking about her. She had a good win in the UFC. Carol Rosa isn't this world beater. I think she's going to probably maybe try to check Jocelyn Edwards down, make it ugly. I think Edwards is, is going to be ready for that. I think she's crafty off her back. I think she has good cardio. I think her clinch is, uh, is a problem. I think her striking is a problem. I think Edwards at this underdog number, even though she's taking the final short notice, I like it. I like it a lot. I don't love it. I'm going to bet it because I because I do. But I don't love it. There's other dog plays I love. But, I mean, listen, Edwards, I think, is an up-and-comer. I think she's solid. You Give me a dog with a girl that I like. You know, I'm going to take it. All right, next up. Boy, we lost a good fight. I think we might have got a better one. Devontae Smith, 10-2, and two, minus 290, fighting Justin Janes. Not a porn star. Dork, yes. Guitar hero guy, yes. 16-6. and six. Plus 225. This fight, god damn, this fight is tough, tough, tough. Alex De Silva versus Devontae Smith was a great fight. De Silva hurt his knee, <clears throat> I think is what the reports were. I was high in Devontae Smith, knocking everyone out and then runs into Karma Worthy and gets knocked out. Um, his loss out uh, outside the UFC, his first loss before Karma Worthy was also by knockout. Justin Jane's only chance to win in any fight. In any fight he's in, because he's heavy-handed, is knocked out. Taking his fight on short notice, catch weight at 160. Um, James knows he doesn't have a great cardio, knows that the only way he's going to get in there is get after Devontae Smith and knock him out in that first round. You don't get a knockout in that first round, probably fight's over, right? You're not going to win. Your cardio is going to fail. You're going to swing for the fences. Am I willing to bet Justin James at this number? I've been taking dogs. This is a dog show. This was actually hard. This was, I think, the last fight I wrote that. No, the, the Benil Darius Diego Ferrara, which we'll get to later, was a little bit harder for me to pick. Listen, I, I think Devontae Smith is a, is a really, really solid guy. I think he has really good knockout power. I think his striking is, is pretty good, but he's hittable. And he obviously has been knocked out twice in his young career. You got a guy like Justin James who throws fucking bombs. He's going to hit you. 
That scares me. Uh, has Devontae Smith, who's been out, I believe he had an Achilles injury, who's been out for an extended period of time. Has he gotten better? Has he tightened up his defense? Because you know he hits. You know he cracks. You know he can knock you out. This is tough. Either way, this fight, I'm good to say he's not going to go to the decision. I don't have the prop in front of me, but I'm sure goes to the decision is is very high. This is going to be happen. This fight's going to end within the distance. I think Justin James knows that. He's coming in to get a payday to fight a guy that is vulnerable. But I'm going to go Devontae Smith. I hate the number at 290. I hate it. I wrote down on my paper, hate. This is definitely a fight you avoid in a parlay. This is a parlay buster. I know a lot of us want to want to add that. I'm, I'm guilty of it myself with the slime ball. I like to add these fucking chalk. Get all the chalk in there, maybe sprinkle in like a minus one thirty, whatever, and then and then pay out in the plus numbers. Devontae Smith's not that the play here. He's not because he could easily get caught by Justin James. I do think he's a better fighter. And a little new soundbite. Um, I'm gonna mix him in, send him home, get him out. Right? This Devontae Smith's got to get this guy out of here. So, get him out of here. <laughs> I love it. Devontae Smith has to get him out of here. And that's what he's going to do. Let's play one more time. You got to get him out of here, bro. Get him out of here. That's my boy, Sam Richardson. Shout out Sam Richardson. I love that sound bite. You got to get him out. You got to get him out. All right, next up, Timor Valley. Or Valive, whatever. 16-2. and two. He's a minus. Where are you at? Giant. Minus 400. Versus Martin Day, 8-5. and five. Um, plus 300. Listen, Martin Day is, hasn't really impressed me in the UFC. He's been finished by David Grant. Tumor Valley had a great record, great run outside the UFC, was a beast, was a big signing, was a huge favorite, dominating the fight, got knocked out. It got overturned because of, of a weed or some bullshit. Like, that's the reason um, he got knocked out is because his opponent was smoking some weed. Tumor Valley, though, is an aggressive guy. He's an aggressive striker. He's an aggressive grappler. He's your, your, your typical Russian fighter. Good striking. Um, I think he can grapple a little bit, but he wants to stay on the feet. Martin Day, kind of average everywhere, eight and five. I think he's a, he's an aggressive guy. He's a Hawaiian dude, so the, the Hawaiian guys that just always know how to fight. Um, I, this is going to be easy though. This is Timor Valley right here, minus four hundred. It's steep. If you got a fat fucking knot in your pocket, maybe play Valley uh, Timor because I do think this is going to be a layup for him. I think he's embarrassed by what happened in his UFC debut. Uh, Martin Day, I do not think pops a lot of power. Um, I think he's more of a point fighter and a cardio fighter. Um, and uh, I think Valley's just going to probably buzzsaw through him. Hopefully he doesn't gas out. I mean, I, I can see a finish happening, but I maybe would stay away from the props um, just because Valley hasn't uh, proven himself in the UFC. He's only had one fight. So I would stay away from the props on this fight just until we see what Valley does, even though Martin Day is finishable. Um, I would just go money line Valley, but only if you got that fucking knot in your pocket. If you don't, I, I, that's that uh, minus 400 it's hefty boys. This could be a parlay spot. I wouldn't mind a parlay play here. Um, but yeah, I, I, I we got to see a little more of them, right? When you come to UFC, it's a little bit different than fucking, you know, backroom Dagestan or fucking PFL a little bit different over here, boys. Next up, Mike Rodriguez, 11 and 5. He's a minus 265 favorite. He's fighting Danilo Marquez, who is 10 and 2, plus 218, underdog. This fight, um, I, I just don't like this fight. I think this fight stinks really. Mark, Mike Rodriguez, I can't really get a handle on this guy. This guy, I think, is pretty explosive coming out of Boston, Mass. I believe he was at a Lozon gym for a while. I don't know if he's still there. Good striking. His, his wrestling was shit. His chin is, is, is all right. 
got robbed his timeout against Ed Herman, should have fucking finished Ed Herman. He got screwed, ended up getting Kamora. I know it was, it, was, it was a devastating thing. A lot of people were talking about it. I, I just rewatched that fight. I feel for the guy. Um, got to be a little more focused here. Donella Marquez fought uh, Kalidas Igabringoff, who's like never won a UFC fight in his life. Uh, decision him in his UFC debut. I believe he kind of gassed out a little bit, took the fight to the ground. I, I'm just not. I'm not a big fan of this guy. This is going to be striker versus grappler. I don't love this line. Um, I understand why Mike Rodriguez is a favorite. I'm going to go with Mike Rodriguez. I think that he's going to have a little bit more cardio. I think hopefully he's working on his takedown defense, and I think uh, I think possibly you know he could he can land some punches. I think it's going to be a closer fight. I just listen. You can't bet. You you can't sit there listening to this and tell me. And if you can. I want you to hit me up on MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. I want you to hit me up. And I want you to say, Brian, I am confident in Mike Rodriguez to win this fight. And I'm so confident. Here's my bet slip. I don't think there's a person alive listening to this that can say that. Unless you're Mike Rodriguez, people from his camp, wife, kid, whatever. No handicapper can say that. He, this fight scares me off. I'm not playing this fight at all. I'm picking Rodriguez because I think he's the better fighter. But Danilo Marquez could, could take this fight to the ground and just fucking wear on him and gas him out. And Mike Rodriguez is not great off his back. But at minus 265, if you sit there and tell me that you're confident, I don't know what to say to you. I just I wouldn't know what to say to you. All right, next up, Michael Johnson, 19 and 16. Was such a crazy record. He's a minus 235 favorite. He is fighting Clay Guido, who's 35 and 20, even crazier record. Plus 186 underdog. This fight is scaring me. Um, another really hard fight for me to pick because Michael Johnson is a guy who's got these crazy wins over people. He's got a win over. He beat Tony Ferguson before Tony Ferguson went on his giant run, right? He knocked out uh, Dustin Poirier. Like, the, uh, we're not the one of the only guys, but the most. I think he's the only guy to knock out Dustin Poirier at 155. Because uh, Connor knocked him out at 145. Like Michael Johnson, this guy is special. He was winning, or well, maybe not winning. I got to rewatch it, but he's very competitive in the Josh Emmett fight, and then got caught, and got knocked out. Uh, he dominated Tiago Moises in the first round, got caught with the heel hook. This guy is a classic case of a guy who's a little bit of a of a mental guy, right? It's all kind of in his head. World class training partners. Apparently, people love him down in Florida. He's he's a great team member of Henry Hoof's team, whatever they're called anymore. Used to be Black Zillions. I don't hard knock three sixty five. Whatever the fuck they're called, uh, or Sanford. Sanford MMA is what they're called now. Great teammate. People love this guy. He's got a good personality. He was on the Ultimate Fighter. Almost won the Ultimate Fighter. Lost to Jonathan Brookings, which I think is hilarious. Did he lose to Brookings? Right. I think he lost to Brookings. Yeah. Which I absolutely think is hilarious. Michael Johnson has a wrestling pedigree, but lately just haven't seen it. He's so athletic. I like that. It says at fifty five and not forty five. Um, when he went to 45, I felt like, you know, it wasn't a big cut for him because he doesn't cut a lot of weight. But I do like him at 55 here. Clay Guida coming off a loss to Bobby Green where all he did was just hang on Bobby Green's legs. <clears throat> Nothing else. Clay Guida is going, the only way I can win fights now is if I just hang out, cross sniff these guys, sniff their dicks, oil check them, take them to the ground, and hope they don't get back up. It's the only way I'm going to do it. Michael Johnson has a solid wrestling background on paper, but... He gives up a lot of takedowns. I mean, he can be outgrappled. He has been outgrappled by many of people. And it's crazy because I think Michael Johnson is just so talented and he's got this fucking crazy record. It's just so suspect. Let me tell you something. Yes, suspect. suspect. It's suspect to me. I don't I don't know what's going on with this guy. This fight scared me, and then I looked in deeper. 
I dug in. I said, Brian, this is a fight that you got to bet. This is a fight that people are talking about. People are picking sides. I've seen some people pick Clay. A lot of people on Johnson here. Johnson, two to two to one favorite. Do you trust Michael Johnson, Brian? Do you trust this guy, the guy who dominates and then loses? You're goddamn right I do. He's my fucking mortal lock, baby. Ooh, I'm terrified. This is a must bet for me. I'm probably putting him in my slime ball parlay. I'm going to bet him straight up. I think he dominates or should dominate Clay Guidi everywhere. He is super athletic. He's incredibly fast. He hits hard. His punches are there. I think he can keep distance. He's the longer guy. Um, he keeps distance, sticks Clay Guida punches. Clay's going to be shooting desperate takedowns. You get your legs out of there, and you keep beating Clay Guida up. That's what you got to do. His cardio is on point. Michael Johnson, I feel like his cardio is has been sorted out. It has been a problem in the past. I don't think that's a problem anymore. I think it's all mental. I think he's taking a little bit of break here. Back up at 55. This is a great matchup for him because I don't think Clay offers any threat besides just laying on him. Clay Guida's not going to knock you out. Clay Guida's definitely not going to um, submit you. Um, Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson, avoid the takedown and knock this fucking long-haired dude out. Okay? <clears throat> Let's go. Mortal lock. All right, main card time. Awesome fight. Fight of the night, almost. There's one other fight I'm really looking forward to. <clears throat> Just swallowed some ice there. Diego Ferrara. Diego Ferrara. Awesome name. 17 and 2. Minus 122 favorite. Fighting Benny. Benil Darius. 19-4-1. Plus 100 underdog. Rematch. This was uh was this Benny's first UFC fight? Second UFC fight. Might have been Diego's first UFC fight. Benny beat him back at UFC 178 by decision. Competitive fight, but Darius just was a better mixed martial arts at that point. He just really was. You look at some of the fights, but Benil Darius has now become just this fucking guy that's going to knock you out, right? He's this heavy hitter. I'm going to get rocked. I'm going to put on a fight of the year, and then I'm going to rock you. He's heavy-handed. His defense isn't great. He throws big, big shots. Diego Ferrara has gotten so much better. I feel like he's fought the better competition as well. Both guys have fought really good guys, but I'll lean Ferrara with the better competition. A lot of people love Darius in this spot. I can see why. You know, he's knocking everyone out. He's got these incredible finishes as of late. Farrar, though, has is, is, is been doing pretty well himself. He, we haven't seen him a little bit. We haven't seen him in almost a year or so, right? Anthony Pettis, I think, was his last one. He finished Anthony Pettis by choke. Um, you know, Farrar's only misstep at 155 besides Benil Darius is Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier knocked him out, took some time off. Beat Auburn Mercier, beat Jared Gordon, beat Kyle Nelson, beat Rustam Haviloff, who was a stud at the time, beat Maribek Tissamal, who's a stud, beat Anthony Pettis, choked him out. And then you got Benny. Um, loss of Benny, rematch. Benny Daryush. I know everyone's like, oh, you can only call him Benny if you know him. No, nah, I'm, I'm going to call him Benny. So Benny's last knockout, <clears throat> he has Chinny. He's been knocked out. He's been finished before. It was Alex Hernandez fluke knockout. I mean, Hernandez is, is, is a psychopath. It was round one, 42 seconds. Back in 2018, then Tiago Moises' decision, Jude Ober, huge win, round two arm bar. Frank Camacho, uh, Jakar Close, boof, Scott Holtzman, solid win, right? But all those wins I just named, even though the guys are, are they're good. I mean, Jakar Close was undefeated, I believe, when they fought, or at least had one loss, all by finish, though. So this fight is, is stacked. It's one of my favorite fights on the card. It is so hard to pick this fight. I'm going to go Diego, though. I'm going to go a little bit of chalk. I'm going to also bet the prop, 
that this fight goes the distance. I think both these guys are durable enough. I think both these guys, they have fought before. They went to a decision before. Um, I see Diego just being a little bit better on the feet, a little more cleaner, a little more technical on the feet. I don't see Darius being able to take Farrar down. Farrar, I think for my money, probably has better jujitsu. I know that's saying much because Benny is a jujitsu guy, but I do think Diego is, is a little more cleaner and technical on the ground. I say this fight goes to the distance. I'm going to say yes, that's a plus money right now. I know a lot of people think this could be a wild bar burner, and it very well could be. It very well fucking Darius can come out and get clipped right away and then start throwing haymakers and clip Diego, and it could be over in the round. That absolutely can happen. I just see both these guys coming out a little more, more measured here. Darius is a finisher as of late. But before that, I mean, he, he has, you know, he, he submits a lot of guys or goes to the decision. He, the knockout thing has, has come along lately. Again, Diego stand up has gotten so much better. His cardio is great. And uh, I'm going to go Diego here. I'm going to go Diego. I'm leaning him. Tough fight, though, but I am going to prop that plus number. Fight goes to the distance. All right, next up Cody Stamen, 19 3 and 1 versus Asker Asker, 11 and 1. Stamen is a minus 400 favorite. Asker Asker plus 300. Fight the game came together short notice. Cody Stamen was originally supposed to fight Marab. That fight fell through. Then he was supposed to Andre Ull. Andre Ull had a false positive. Tested negative like three times. Still wouldn't let him fight. COVID protocols. Put him on a 10-day quarantine. I mean, he was tweeting about it. He's upset about it. Ask Rasker, LFA fame, comes over. Takes a fight on short notice. 145. I thought this might have been a catchweight. I think it might be a catchweight at 150. I thought I read, but maybe not. Cody Stamen's a beast. Cody Stamen's a fucking solid wrestler. This fight, without question, goes to the decision, by the way. Um, I think that's actually a pretty good bet. Uh, let me see here. Asker Asker, it's only been finished once. He's kind of your stand your ground fighter. Slang him and bang him. Will this fight go to the distance? Yes, at minus 180. I don't like minus 180. Or, I mean, I don't hate minus 180. I like minus 180. That's way better than minus 400 Cody Stamen. I think Cody Stamen is going to win this fight. I think his wrestling, he is falling in love with his boxing a little bit. I think his boxing is getting good. But with Asker, you got to be careful. This kid can throw some heat. I looked up tape on him. Um, he throws big punches. He likes to plant his feet and throw, right? He, he's got a lot of power behind him. Um, I think... Cody can really push a pace. He was supposed to fight Marab. He's supposed to fight Andre Yule. Both those fights, in my opinion, Cody was going to have to wrestle. So he's going to be in incredible shape here. I think he takes Asker down, does whatever he wants to him, beats him up on the feet. I think Asker's going to hang tough, maybe have some moments on the feet, maybe some scary, like big Hail Marys or whatever. But I think Cody's durable enough and, 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 and equipped skill-wise to get this fight to where he wants. I see a decision. I see Cody Stamen. Minus 180. Fight goes to a decision. That's what I like over minus 400. But if you got a big hard on, a big old Jones in for Cody Stamen, then go ahead and bet him. But I would uh, I would, I would, stick to the uh, the prop. All right. Fight of the night, in my opinion. Alexandra. Alexandro Pontoja. 22 on 5. Minus 134. Favorite versus Manel. Cape. Cap. Excuse me. It's cap. I said cape. John Annex at Cap. John Annex the man. I'm going with John Annex. Manel Cap, when he he weighed in as a backup for the uh, the 125 fight, um, Moreno versus Devinson Figueiredo. And I remember thinking, I know this guy's name. Now, I, I watch, I don't watch as much MMA as I should. I do watch a lot of the, well, really, I don't watch Risen. I mean, I, I want to see Risen. I just, I just, I, I don't watch it. It's on crazy hours. But Cape, I'm like, God, this guy looks for me. I didn't know the name. This guy looks for me. I've seen I've seen people talk about him on Twitter when the UFC signed him. I saw some guys, you know, like that signing, like the big deal about him. But I'm like, huh, I don't I, I what who is this guy? This guy looks familiar to me. 
I go back. It was the Ian McCall fight where they went. Ian swung on him. He slapped Ian in the head. They swung. He swung on him at the uh, weigh-ins. They fought. Ian had to stop the fight because of a cut. He got cut by the ropes. They had a little beef after the fight. This Cape Kid Cap, excuse me, is a fucking savage. He's angry in there. He's mean. He doesn't give a fuck, right? He is a fucking stud. Good striker. Um, he born in Portugal, fighting out of Portugal, but I believe he's training in California right now. If I'm not mistaken, young kid, he's got wins over, uh, Horiguchi. He's got win over Kaya Sakura, who's very solid and risen. Um, he's got some losses over those guys too, but oh, excuse me. Does he not, he does not have a win over Horiguchi. Excuse me. Fought Horiguchi. He does not have a win. Lost by choke in the third round. Um, and, but he does have a win over Asakura. He lost Asakura. Then he beat Asakura last time out, knockout second round. This kid is big, big power. He's wild in there. Um, I think his cardio is really good. His ground game, I think is probably the question mark. If we're being honest with each other, his, his ground game is probably the question mark as Alexander Potosia is really good on the ground. He's also very hittable. This guy, you know, he got smashed around by Devin Figueroa, and I'm not going to compare Cape to Devin Figueroa, but Pantoja's hittable, right? He 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 can get cracked. He can get hit. He's a durable dude. His stand-up has come a long way. He finished Matt Snell, who I'm big on. This fight's a fucking banger. It makes my dick move. It just, it's moving in my pants right now. One of the harder fights to handicaps. If I have, have I even said the lines or I just jump right in. Cap is a plus 110. Pantoja is a minus 134. 15 and 4 versus 22 and 5. Historically, when fighters have a lot of hype behind them coming from different organizations, they fall a little flat, right? Simply because there's not, outside of certain weight classes, there's not a ton of talent outside of the UFC. Um, I mean, there is, but there's also not like world class. You know what I mean? But at this weight, at 125, one FC and Risen have fucking studs. The UFC could sign all those guys and they'd be fine, right? studs over there capes one of those guys cap excuse me god damn it, i'm gonna do that my whole life caps one of those guys that just was making tons of money at risen and didn't need the ufc it's very rare that fighters don't need the ufc because they're making so much money elsewhere and they're fighting good competition eventually if you're a heavyweight you're not going to make any money elsewhere besides ufc bellator because everyone needs heavyweights especially the ufc kind of same thing for for 205 as well yuri perhaza he was out there fighting a lot of tough guys, signed the UFC. He fought it, went risen as well. With that being said, I don't know if Cap is going to have that big letdown because of who he's fought. I'm going to go underdog here, boys. and Be uh, a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. We need more dogs, and I got them, baby. Dogs are barking on this one. Give me Cape. I think the fight's going to get inside the distance as well. Someone's getting finished. Someone's getting put out. I think the stare down is going to be intense between these guys. Brazilian dudes don't fuck around. Kate doesn't fuck around. The stare down is going to be bonkers. The fight is going to be bonkers. I can't fucking wait. This is my personal main event. Even though I love the co-main and the main event as well. I can't wait for this fight. I hope this fight doesn't get canceled with any bullshit. Can't wait for this fight. All right, next up. Corey Sanhagen, co-main event. Corey Sanhagen, 13-2 and two versus uh, Frankie. Frankie Edgar. Well, I'm getting a bunch of texts. Um, okay, blah, blah, blah. Right, usually sometimes uh, sometimes I get a text about breaking news. Thankfully, nothing happened. All right, Corey Sanhagen, 13-2. and 
I don't like this. Minus 450 favorite versus Frankie Edgar plus 330. That's steep, boys. Let me see if that has held up, if it's moved at all. 450, 330. Still holding true. Listen, I've I've rode the Frankie train a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? I picked him in the Holloway fight. I picked him in the um, Pedro Munoz fight. Or no, I picked against him in the Pedro. I can't pick Frankie right, is what I'm trying to say. He's on the opposite end of whatever I want to pick. When this fight first got announced and I saw the opening lines, I flirted with Edgar. Plus 330. I don't think he was plus 330 yet. He might have been higher. Whatever the number was, I can't remember. I liked it. I like it now. Frankie Edgar is older, yes. A little bit chinnier, right? He used to be able to take a shot. He used to be able to get rocked from shots, recover. I don't feel like he can recover as well. But his wrestling was always there. He doesn't really wrestle much anymore. At least he did it in the Korean Zombie fight, which he didn't get enough opportunity to. Kind of did the Munoz fight, who's a stud on the ground. Corin Sanhagen is a guy who, if you look at his record, besides Aljo, has never really fought a pure wrestler. I believe Bautista had him in that sick arm bar and he got out. Uh, Bautista's a solid fighter. You know, he fought John Lineker, a Sun Tzu. He beat a Sun Tzu. That was a stand up fight. Bautista took him down, had him in a crazy arm bar. No, that was a Yuri Acontra. Acontra had him in the crazy arm bar, got out of it, knocked him out in the second round. He arm barred Bautista who's a solid fighter, and then uh, beat John Lineker by split, Hafia sends out, and then Aljamain where he got buzzsawed, and then uh, one of them rights, which is an impressive win. This is so hard for me to pick. It really, really fucking is, dude. <clears throat> a second ago, I was all over Sanhagen. Now I'm, 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 I'm regretting it. No, maybe not regretting it. Tim, shout out Tim. Speaking of Tim, uh, I meant to do this at the top of the show. I'm doing it now. Excuse me. Him and his buddy started a podcast. They cover all sports. Bet the best with Tim and the Bear. I wish you would have said Timbo and the Bear, but it's Tim and the Bear. Um, bet the best. It's on Spotify. They're working a way to get on iTunes is right now. Bet the best three on Twitter is their Twitter handle. Follow them. They're covering basketball, which is obviously hot right now. They're going to cover all sports, all ball props. They have their own podcast. They launch one. Also, Tim is going to do a little fantasy segment for us. He does uh, DraftKings. I don't do DraftKings lineup. I, do, I don't do the fantasy MMA stuff. I know a lot of people do. It's, it's, it's a big market. I don't do it. I, I prefer doing money line bets and, and, and stuff like that. But Tim is, is pretty good at it. it. Almost was a dominant gray has went away for winning like 170 grand. So um, he, this might be, it might be, if you're listening to this, you're going to be like, Brian, it, it says in the thing, he might actually add to this podcast. I'm not sure when he's going to send over the audio. I do want to get this posted sooner or later, but that is coming for sure. Um, he's going to start adding uh, uh, DFS lineups, which is which is cool. Back to the fight. So Tim told me that FanDuel has a boost of Corey Sanhagen winning by this fight by knockout. It was plus 220. Now it's plus 300. So they boosted it. You can only, obviously only bet uh, 50 bucks on that fight, but that that just seems too easy, right? Like I feel like that's just too easy. I don't like I don't like the easiness of that. Although Frankie is getting a little older, not the same fighter he was. Um, Corey's the longer, better striker. Frankie's gonna have to wrestle in this fight. I think Corey knows that. Corey is ever improving. He's not stagnant in his game. He's constantly getting better. I think if Frankie does get him down, I think Corey can work his way back up. Frankie's not getting submitted. I think Frankie eventually. 
is going to get tired. Because if you if you watch some of Frankie's fights, when guys get back up, he's still going to trade because that's Frankie. Frankie's going to get in that pocket. He's going to put himself in there. I don't think Corin Sandhagen has like the touch of death. He does have some crazy strikes, flying knees, flying kicks, wheel kicks, when he hurt Marlon with. And uh, his punches are pretty good, too. I'm good to go Sandhagen there. But at 450, it's just so outrageous to me. I just hate the line. I'm actually going to go this, too. I'm going to go. I don't know if I'm going to go Sanhagen. Uh, I'm definitely not going to go straight up. Might be a parlay. I've been flip-flocking back and forth on this fight. I don't have a good read on this fight. I should probably stay away from it. But what I do feel like I have a good read on, FanDuel's trying to play us, guys. They're trying to say, hey, here's a boost. Give us 50 bucks. You'll win 150. What's the, what's the problem? You know what I mean? What's the problem? We're boosting it three, you know, three to one odds. What do you got to lose? Well, I got $50 to lose. I think the fight goes to the decision. I think it goes to the decision. I don't think Corey Sanhagen finishes Frankie. I think he hurts Frankie. I think Frankie is going to make things interesting with his wrestling, but I think it goes to the decision. So I'm going to prop goes the distance. Let's see what that is. I think it's actually really high. Will the fight go to the distance? Yes, no. I'm going to say yes at minus 140. I like that. Sorry. <clears throat> I'm going against it because Fandle's setting us up. Fandle, they're sniffing something. They got some sharps that work for them. I'm, I'm fucking sniffing them out. But I'm going Sanhagen, unfortunately. Uh, sorry, Frank. All right, next up, main event. Alistair Overeem, 47 and 18. Crazy record. Alexander Volkov, 32 and 8. The Ream is plus 144. And uh, Alexander Volkov is a minus 178. I love this matchup. Um, again, I, I, I briefly talked about this on the podcast. Never been a huge Alistair Overeem guy. And Overeem has moved, excuse me. The updated line is Alexander Volkov minus 198 or 194, excuse me. Alistair Overeem plus 156. So again, this line is moving about two and a half hours, which is very impressive. Um, I'm not a huge uh, Overeem guy. I start, I'm starting to like him now. This is his final run is what he's saying. Final run to the title, then he's going to retire. I hope he doesn't retire with a loss to Alexander Volkov. Volkov, seen pictures from him lately. He's added some size to him. He's a giant man, um, and he's starting to get a little thicker, right? He's starting to build out his frame a little bit. With that being said, though, sometimes that sacrifices cardio. Alistair Overeem is not Uberim anymore. He's went the opposite way. He's kind of leaned down. I know there's some reasons why he might have leaned down, but uh, he leaned down in his cardio. He moved After he got fucking completely obliterated by Curtis Blades, he went out and trained with him. Still does. I don't know if he made it to Colorado with COVID or not, but the Overeem that has been showing up as of late has been a pretty good cardio machine. He was beating Jerry Rosenstrike for five rounds, got caught in the final seconds with a fight that he was winning. He outcardioed Walt Harris, which isn't the biggest thing to do. They both have a similar common opponent. Volkov uh, knocked out uh, uh, Walt Harris. Overeem, I believe, TKO'd him. This fight to me screams Overeem. Overeem jumps out of the page to me at plus 156. That's why I'm picking him. Also, the prop. I see this fight going Overeem, Volkov, who is, is taller than Overeem. I see Overeem moving a little bit, not engaging in the pocket, throwing kicks on the outside, not really doing his hands too much. Volkov is going to throw his kick up the middle. He's going to be aggressive. They're going to clinch. In the clinch, Overeem is strong. I think Volkov is adding size to that reason that he has been manhandled before. Volkov... Hasn't shown great takedown defense, but he has shown great get up. 
Curtis Blades took him down like a thousand times, but he got up. Curtis Blades was completely gassed in that fight, but Volkov kept getting up. Overeem has good takedowns. Doesn't have a good double leg, good body lock takedown. He's heavy on top. His ground and pound is brutal. I see that. This is how this fight happening. I see Volkov wearing down with that extra size in the later rounds. I see Overeem taking him down somewhere between the third and the fourth in getting a TKO victory. So what I'm going to do, method of victory, Alistair Overeem by KO. Oh, hang on. Alistair Overeem by KO, round three, plus 2,000, round four, plus 3,000. I think I'm going to dabble, sprinkle both those, take Reem straight up, money line, underdog, plus 156, plus sprinkle that third and fourth round prop. Ooh, it's going to be a TKO, no submissions. I like that. I like that a lot. I think Reem is going to keep chugging. He's going to keep motoring. He's going to keep doing what he's doing. All right, that's the pick em. I'm excited for these fights, guys. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm going to do a, um, a prop show on Friday. We'll talk more props on Friday. Uh, I can't wait to use my gambling book for the first time. I'm probably going to like document it. I think this thing's so fucking cool. I don't know why. Probably because wifey got it for me. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> but no, I'm excited. I'm excited for the fights. We got a nice little run here in February. Some fights already got canceled. March is even better. If they cancel any of the fights in March, I'm going to fucking kill myself. Not really. Don't take me seriously. Listen, love it. I love this card. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to win some money. I'm ready to win you some money. MMA takes podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not a dick wiggler, but uh, if you guys want me to, I can. I can dance like the fucking, I was just to say I can dance like the sun, but I don't know if the sun can dance, right? Anyway, uh, go follow me and all that stuff. Okay? All right? All right. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.